So time is only going to feel like it's getting faster and faster and you're never going to get more energy the older you get. So the energy that you have right now, like that's your best advantage. You should just try and like do as much as you can do with the energy that you have and the time that you have right now because you're going to look back in five years and either be really, really proud of yourself for what you achieved and and you'll be able to sort of live off the benefits or, or reap the benefits or you're going to be thinking, man, I had so much time back then. I had so much energy. Why didn't I do more? Like, I should have started this ages ago. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke. So it's December. I know that uh, we record these episodes a couple weeks in advance of when we post them out. So this is episode seven. So by the time this is out, I think it will be early January. But it's December for us at the moment of this recording, which means that we are both very busy, aren't we, Charlie? Wrapping up the end of the year. Yeah. Why is it that December is always like that, no matter what? Like, no matter how much you prepare in advance, it feels like it's always so busy. I know. And and like you said, I always try to prepare throughout November, you know, as much as possible so that I can actually maybe take a little bit of time off in December, like, like you should. But yeah, just all these things that I want to try and get done by the end of the year and it just doesn't stop. But how's your Vlogmas going, Charlie? Because it's been going on for a little while now. Is it? Do you find that it's getting easier to do or, or harder to, to keep up with it? Well, it's become more of a habit, I think. So maybe I'd say it's gotten easier just because it, it's become second nature to get up in the morning and start editing a vlog to put up that day. But I'm, I'm wanting to challenge myself more with it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm... Got it down, like it's pretty easy now to just edit a vlog to get it out, but I want to do more than that. I want to make them a bit more special than what they are. So yeah, we'll see what I come up with as the month progresses. Yeah, cool. I'm really enjoying watching them. It's like my little treat. At at lunchtime when I have my lunch, I usually watch Casey Neistat's vlog and uh, yours has made it into the mix as well now. So that's always exciting. I'm so (laughs) honoured. Today, like we talked about in the last episode, we're going to talk about focus and finding motivation, avoiding distractions. This actually came this actually came up as a topic idea from an email we got from a listener called Awe, and she said that she was struggling with feeling lazy or completely unfocused, just getting easily distracted when she was trying to execute on a project. And we thought we'd talk about that today because I think that is something that Every creative struggles with at times. Well, actually, I don't know, Fem, do you struggle with motivation and focus at times? It depends on what it is. So if it's my own sort of side project that I'm really passionate about and, you know, I've already made a commitment to myself that I'm going to do it, then, you know, obviously I'm going to be quite motivated if I'm going to pursue that as a as a side project or a passion project for myself. So not as much with those, but I did sometimes struggle with it during design school, just getting the motivation. I guess I guess the briefs that you get at design school are somewhat limited, you know, like you, you do have a bit of creative freedom, but you can't really go completely crazy because you kind of have to stay within the limits of, of the project and that brief and the expectations. I mean, there's a marker sheet, right? So you have to make sure you're kind of checking off the boxes. And so if I'm not super passionate about 
what that project is or the, or the things in that brief, then I can get a little bit lazy. But what about you? Did you did you find that as well with design school, or do you also feel like that with your side projects? I definitely did find that with design school. It was mostly when the project brief was not something like wasn't a problem that I identified with or I don't know truly believed in solving you know what I mean because design is all about solving problems Mm -hmm. so when you're not passionate about that purpose for doing a project it's kind of hard to be passionate about doing the work and I do find that with my side projects at times as well finding motivation and focus because I've been doing like my YouTube channel for over two years now and I just don't think it's possible to stay 100% passionate and motivated about something for two years. Like there are days when I'm like, oh, I haven't edited my video for today. It needs to go up in like four hours. Like I have to do this right now. But there's other things I want to do, you know. And focus as well is something I struggle with. I am I feel like I'm easily distracted and I'm getting much better at it. But I do find focusing difficult at times. Yeah, I mean, now that you mention your YouTube channel, it kind of... I feel like I can relate to that with my blog. So I started my blog a couple of months ago and I'm going to be honest, it's not getting thousands of hits. Uh, and I think that's with any blog you start, you know, it's it's something that you really have to commit to and keep working on and persevere. And I think it's so easy to give up after a couple of months, you know, like, oh yeah, it's just my mum reading it, <laughs> you know, like what's the point? But um, I mean, that's not the case for me, but I can imagine for some people, it's probably just, you know, your close friends and family reading it, which is cool. And so I'm kind of in this position now where it's been a couple months and I'm kind of weighing up the pros and cons and thinking, is this worth it? Should I keep going? And, and I know that I should keep going and I will keep going, but I'm kind of battling with this internal self-doubt of like who's reading it does anybody really care like I put a tweet out that it's live and I don't really get any response you know and I can look at my analytics and I, I can see that people are reading it but what I'm not getting at the moment is people engaging with it so I'm not I'm not really getting people sending me tweets or sharing it organically themselves yeah that's tough I went through that as well with my YouTube channel like there was just a period of like really flat growth. So like I wasn't getting many new subscribers. And then of the subscribers I did have, only like a quarter of them were actually watching my videos. Yeah. And it feels discouraging. You know, you feel like you're putting all this work in and you're trying really hard to grow, but it's just not happening. There's a tough one to get over. Yeah. And I'm, I'm following a lot of other designers that do something similar. So they also run like a content blog or whatever. And, They've sort of been doing it for a year or two now and it's nice to kind of see their journey and and hear from them that they struggled with the exact same thing. Like you're not going to get thousands of readers on day one and it's all about committing to it and, you know, really persevering through that lull period. And say in a year's time, people are going to arrive at my blog and see all this like history that I've been writing for the past year and hopefully that encourages people to stick around because it will show that I'm consistent and that I've made a commitment and I'm going to show up each week and I'm going to publish a new blog post. It definitely will. Yeah, it just definitely will. And that's where the motivation has to come from, I think, is from yourself rather than for other people reading or viewing it, you know? Yeah. So for me, I'm I'm having that internal battle with myself at the moment. So I'm pushing myself to persevere and I'm trying to 
like I'm trying to look at it from a long-term mindset or like I'm in it for the long game, right? So like you said, you've been doing your your YouTube for two years now and you've been doing your blog for a little bit over a year. And so for me, I'm I'm not really expecting to see a lot of traction from my blog until at least a year from from when I started it back in August, I think it was. I know that the first half of next year is, it may slowly start to grow, uh, but I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep showing up and keep writing. And hopefully after a year or, or even two, hopefully I'll start to see the rewards from that. I think you definitely will. I think you'll be surprised. And if your motivation behind doing it is just because you have all this stuff to share and because you enjoy writing these articles that are, you know, going to be super useful for whoever does stumble across them one day, I think that's going to be apparent in in the text that you write and people will know that and people will see how genuine you are and that's what will help with the growth. So it's good to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think it's so easy to accidentally come to a conclusion that these successful people found their success overnight, which we all know is not true. But often what you do see is the successful things that they've done and you don't see all the hard work and the layers, the years of work underneath. And Gary Vaynerchuk, if you don't know who Gary V is, you should look him up. But he wrote a post a month or so ago on Medium about how like like the myth of becoming an overnight success like everybody wants to be the next overnight success like oh look at Gary V look at Casey Neistat he just chucked up a, a vlog on the first day and suddenly he has like a million subscribers well no it doesn't work like that like Casey has spent years and years as a filmmaker Gary V has spent years and years building his his brand and, and what he represents and it it doesn't happen overnight and it comes down to Focus and motivation. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And we should definitely link that article in the show notes because I've read that as well and it was a really good one. Yeah. It, I think that you often hear about the people who are overnight successes and not so much about the people who just worked really hard for years. Yes, definitely. Which is a shame that, you know, that happens. Yeah, or if there are people that are successful and have worked really hard, often people will focus more on like their current successes than their past and what they what they did to get there, which is weird because I would be more interested in learning and hearing about how they got there and, and what the struggle was like in the early days. Definitely. Because a lot of the time it seems like if you look at someone who is really successful, it seems like they were lucky. You know, it seems like people just happened to find them and they just happened to have the right piece of content at the right time and people shared it. But I don't know if I believe in luck in that way. I I believe in hard work and I believe that before that, you know, quote unquote lucky piece, they produced, you know, many, many other pieces that didn't have as much traction because they were learning and trying new things. And it just so happened that after all that hard work and, you know, testing and learning and constantly improving, they hit on the right note that did get shared. So motivation, I think, has to come from yourself and your own motives for doing it rather than being motivated by getting more views or getting more readers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, right. So I'd be interested to hear your perspective of that from like a YouTube perspective, because I mean, I am not that like educated in the whole YouTube world and community. So as an outsider, I would call myself, I'm just a consumer, right? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of YouTubers that are totally focused on 
the whole, you know, how many subscribers do I have? How many comments am I getting? Like the fame side of it, right? I mean, you see these big YouTubers and, you know, you kind of assume that's what everyone's dream is. Like everybody wants wants to be the next Zoella or whatever. So for you, how did you deal with that in the beginning? Were you super focused on growing your subscriber list or were you more focused on putting out quality content so that the viewers would come organically? It's a hard balance to strike, I think, because obviously you do want to grow. Like if you're putting in this work for it, you would like to have more people seeing it, you know? Mm -hmm. But... And I find that difficult. I found that difficult to deal with at first because it seemed like, as you said, everyone else was focused on that, so I should be as well. But the difference is that a lot of people on YouTube who have a lot of subscribers is it's their full time job. So if they don't grow their subscriber base, if they don't do the sponsored content, they're not going to be able to pay their rent that month, you know? And I think that's a scary position to be in. And huge respect for those that do it well because there are a lot of them who do it well and do it with integrity and manage to make a living from it. But that's just not something that I would want to get myself into a situation of doing. I think it sounds really stressful, to be honest. I am trying to focus on putting out the content that I want to put out and hoping that I find the audience who likes that as well. And now that I've gathered an audience of, actually, I just hit 14,000 subscribers the other day, which is super exciting. That's awesome. That's a crazy huge number to me. It seems like nothing in the YouTube world because there's so many people with way more, but... Yeah, that's cool for me. And and what's cool about having an audience that of that number is that I get a lot of comments on my videos and I get a lot of questions. And whenever someone asks a question about something design related, I know that I can then go and make a video about that topic and it's going to be something that my audience is interested in because they've literally asked me for it. So I never have to worry about if my audience might find this content interesting because I just have confidence that it will because of all the other content that I've put out has been along the same lines and that's why they've subscribed. So I think it's a good position to be in when you focus more on the content and think of your audience as people rather than numbers, you know, people with specific, you know, things they want to learn. I think that really helps as a way of thinking of it. So how do you stay motivated, Charlie? Because you've got so many side projects that you do. How, How do you keep that passion and that motivation for each one? I think I go in like peaks and troughs with each one. Like I can't be 100% passionate about all of them all of the time, you know? Yeah. Just you've got to share it around. And so sometimes I'm liking others more more than the others. But what keeps the motivation up for me is I think it's the sense of wanting to create something for myself and being proud of what I do. So I want to make sure that the work I put out is work that I'm proud of and that's what motivates me to do it. It's hard to find motivation sometimes when there's things you'd rather be doing, but you've set yourself a schedule that you need to keep to. And what motivates me to keep to that schedule is honestly the fact that I've been doing it for so long and I don't want to miss a day. So setting yourself publicly a schedule, I think, can really help with motivation because it's like accountability, right? You've got people expecting that you put something out. And even if you don't have a big audience yet of people who are expecting you to put something out, you'll want to have your content going out regularly so that when, like you were talking about before, people discover your content maybe in a year's time, they're going to be able to look back and see that consistently you put something out every week, every fortnight, however, you know, often your schedule is. Yes, and that's exactly what is keeping me motivated for my Instagram account at the moment. Awesome. So I run an Instagram account for the apartment and initially I was a little bit too optimistic. I wanted to do a post a day and when it got to the weekends, I it, it was just too difficult for me because I was 
too busy relaxing or off on holiday or something. So now I do five posts a week, so Monday to Friday. And I wouldn't say that I'm at the point where if I missed a day, anyone would notice because, I mean, I've only got like 150 followers. You know, I'm not this huge account, but I would notice and, yes. and to me, that's what keeps me motivated to do it. So I know every day I have to do that post. And if I miss it, yeah, I mean, my followers probably won't notice or be disappointed, but I would. And to me, that's what keeps me going. Because like you said, I know that later on in a year or so's time, people are going to see how consistent I am. And hopefully that will help grow my, grow my audience. Definitely, definitely agree with that. I think with personal projects, that's the nature of a lot of them, whether it's, you know, running an Instagram account, a blog or designing something for yourself, even that sense of doing it for yourself and having, you know, accountability within yourself is really important for motivation, I think. Yes, totally. Especially when starting out. If you're not starting out for yourself, then you're going to have a hard time because it's going to be really hard to grow at first. And so you have to have your own sort of personal accountability to begin with. Yeah, I see that a lot of the time with YouTube, new channels pop up and people were like really excited about it. And then when they don't get more than like 100 subscribers in that first month and they're not, you know, an overnight success, yeah, they sort of stop, you know, and it trails off. And that's fine because I don't think you should keep doing something you're not passionate about. Yeah. But it just, you know, goes to show that you have to have bigger reasons than getting an audience to to do something. Yes, I think if new followers or subscribers or email signups or whatever, if that's your motivation to keep going, then you're going to have a super hard time growing and showing up because it's going to be a slow growth. So I think your motivation has to come from something within and something that you really want to do for yourself. Like it sounds like both of us kind of have the same thing where we're doing it for ourselves and we really enjoy doing it and we want to make and create something that we're really proud of. And that's what keeps the two of us motivated. So I definitely think that your motivation, at least in the beginning, should come from yourself. Yeah, I agree. So what do you think, Pim, what are the biggest distractions that you would face daily? The biggest distractions for me are either my boyfriend (laughs) or the cat. Uh, That cat is very cute. Yeah, he's very cute. And he, he sits like right in front of my screen and just wants cuddles. So it can be hard to say no. Yeah, you can't say no to that. <laughs> but for me, I think I'm trying to find this balance of still enjoying life and still creating memories for myself and working really hard. So I've moved to the other side of the world, just like you have. You know, I'm now living in Amsterdam when I lived in New Zealand for the first 23 years of my life. So I really do want to make the most of being here and being here in Europe and in Amsterdam in a completely different culture and a completely different country. You know, I don't want to spend all of my time behind the screen because, I mean, what's the point, right? I I still want to create memories and go out in the weekend and go hiking or spend time on my bike. Yeah. So I think for me it's a matter of finding that balance and not getting... I guess I need to get better at sort of assigning time to do stuff rather than leaving it up to fate because if I leave it up to fate, either I spend too much time in front of my screen or not enough. So for me, I really just need to get better at allocating my time, I think, and prioritising it to create that focus time. 
actually, we um, tweeted out about asking, you know, if anyone had any tips to share, any of our listeners on Twitter, to share about focus and avoiding distractions. And Raphael tweeted that his best tip is to train daily in saying no to things and that prioritising mm. is what makes them productive. And I think that's a really good point. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think you've touched on this in the previous newsletter of yours and I think I've written about it as well, but you're never going to have more time. And so the key is to say no to things and to prioritise your time to create that extra time for yourself that you can spend on doing whatever it is you want to spend that time on because you're never going to be able to do everything because you're just never going to have enough time. Definitely. What do you think about coming back to Awe's email about feeling lazy? Do you ever have moments where you just don't feel like doing something? I get asked this in my YouTube videos, especially now that I've been vlogging daily and people have been able to see, you know, what I get up to on a daily basis. And the vast of these days where I just don't feel like, you know, doing so much. Do you ever have that? I definitely have days where I don't feel like writing a blog post. I think that's because writing is not a natural thing for me and I'm sure that people are thinking that I'm using that as an excuse, but it really is not. I've never been very good at English or writing. So sometimes I just don't feel like, like it, it feels like a burden to me, like, oh my gosh, I have to go and write a whole blog post. I really don't feel like doing that. So that's definitely one of the things that I sometimes struggle with actually getting the motivation and focus to do. Yeah, I'm the same. Some days, like, especially Sundays, I find usually, you know, I've just worked so hard throughout the week, possibly too much. You know, I'm still trying to find that balance of, like you said, time in front of the screen and prioritizing saying no to some stuff so that I can have some, like, relax and enjoying lifetime. And sometimes on Sundays, I'm just like, I, can I just ignore my to-do list today? Like, will it get done if I just don't look at it? Because all I want to do is like watch some movies with my boyfriend, you know? Yeah, same. So for me, sometimes I forget about the Instagram post. So I do my Instagram post in the evening every day. And often, you know, my boyfriend Owen and I, we might be watching a TV show or something and it gets to about 10pm and we start wrapping up for bed and I remember, oh no, I haven't done the Instagram post yet. And that can be really hard because I just want to go to bed and no one will ever know. But, and, and especially it being dark, you know, I can't take a photo of something that's out. So that means that I have to go and create something to post. So that can be really hard as well, you know, cause I just don't feel like it. I just want to go to bed. I think it's really admirable that you do it anyway though, you know, a lot of people wouldn't, so I think that's cool. Yeah, I do do it. I The other day I forgot completely, but I did it the first thing the next morning, so I ended up doing two posts that day. Well done. So I try and like make up for it as quick as possible if I have forgotten. I should really set like a reminder on my phone or something. Yeah, that sounds like it would be useful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to, we had a few more tips through from our listeners on how to stay focused and avoid distractions. Alex said that she finds having a set place to work and some good headphones help stop distractions. And I find that too. I'm someone who has to work at my desk. I'm not someone who can work in bed. Like I know oh, a lot of no. people will grab their laptops and like, you know, edit a video or type a blog post in bed. I have to be at my desk to do it. Yeah, same. I Occasionally I'll try the couch and I can't even do that either. Like I have yeah. to be at my desk because otherwise my mind is in like relaxing mode <laughs> if I'm in bed or on the couch. And also I find that my mind just wanders too much if I'm not at my desk and I know this is my workspace, mm -hmm. you know, my mind will just wander and I'll find myself in, you know, 
Google loops or, you know, three years deep on someone's Instagram, who knows? Yeah, I think it's important to set yourself a workspace and treat that with respect. So for me, when I'm at my desk, I'm in work mode. You know, I know that that's where I get stuff done and where I'm my most productive. I do use my laptop when I'm on the couch, but when I'm doing that, I'm usually like reading the news or surfing Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So that's not to say that you can't like use your computer in other places. It's just, I would recommend having that designated work area so that, you know, after using it as a productive space for a while, that's going to like subconsciously, your mind will start associating that place with work and getting things done. Do you ever struggle with when you're at your desk? um, Because this is something that I struggle with. Do you ever find yourself just browsing social media? Like I sometimes will not even purposefully do it. I'll just find myself on Twitter and I'll be like, how did I get here? I was just editing a video. Like, what am I doing? Is that, please tell me that's something that's not just me. Yeah. So I always have Twitter open in the Twitter app, which, so I've got two screens. So on one screen, I have Twitter taking up half of the screen and Slack taking up the other. So it's like, the Yeah the most productive thing and the well I guess they're both kind of not that productive depending on how you look at it so I can get distracted by Twitter sometimes but I don't know I have also found that since moving to this side of the world my my feed is a lot quieter because I think the people that I follow in New Zealand are asleep yeah good point so it's quieter so it's not quite as distracting but I do occasionally end up on Facebook but that's usually because I've seen that I've like been mentioned in a group from someone on my phone from a notification. So I'll go and check that out. I also try to like designate the time that I'm going to be on social media. So in the morning I give myself like five minutes to quickly check Facebook and the news and catch up on my tweets. And then I try not to look at it again till like midday or so. That's so good. That's something I need to get better at for sure. It doesn't always work that way, but it yeah, it's a good way to kind of restrict yourself a bit. Maybe that's a tip for um, Katie, one of our listeners who tweeted saying that the thing she struggles with most with um, finding focus and avoiding distractions is that social media is updated constantly. So she's always refreshing feeds like Twitter and Pinterest. And that's something that I struggle with too. Like I'm constantly, I get a lot of Twitter mentions like, I'm not like Twitter famous or anything, but I just have a lot of people talking to me on there. So I always feel the need to check it straight away whenever a little message pops up on my phone. So maybe I need to turn notifications off on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's a hard one because it's such an instant medium, right? And then there's the fear that if you don't have notifications on that you're going to miss something important, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I don't turn off notifications, but what I do do is I go into full screen mode. So that basically gets rid of all the clutter on my desktop and I just have the windows open that I need. So that'll be, I don't know, like Google Drive because I might be writing a blog post or WordPress or whatever. And that kind of gets me in that zone because it's like fully focused. It's occupying the entire area of my screen. So there's no space for any distraction. That's a really good tip, actually. And I'm going to share another one. So what I do when I'm having a super unfocused day, like I keep finding myself on Twitter, like normally it doesn't 
you know, just hurt me, my productivity too much to check it every now and then because it's like a quick check to make sure I haven't missed anything and then my mind can like not think about that anymore and you know go back to what I was doing but on days that I'm really struggling with focus or like have something I really need to get done like that's urgent and I have to meet this deadline I'll use something called the Pomodoro technique Um, there's a website that I'll link to in the show notes where it'll set you a timer basically it's like a technique where you work solidly for I think 25 minutes and then you have a five minute break then you work solidly for 25 minutes then have a five minute break so having this timer that I can see on my screen if I ever find my mind going oh I just need to check Twitter then I'll see seven minutes I'm like okay no it's fine I can wait another seven minutes and finish what I'm doing first you know that sounds like super productive well yeah I mean it's hard to stick to and it's definitely like a habit to form and I find that if I'm having a day where I'm doing this Pomodoro technique and I will link uh, like a Wikipedia page down below that explains it much better than I did. It's really interesting. So you should read into it. But I find on days that I am trying to do this, the first couple of Pomodoros, you know, the first couple of 25 minute blocks, I will slip up and, you know, find myself searching the web (laughs) for something and like, you know, clicking on links, following a loop. But other, by the end of the day, it's really helped and get me into the rhythm and, you know, it's not so difficult anymore. So I think it's a, it's really good for training yourself to focus and being like quite an easily distracted person. That That's what's helping me. While this isn't a eliminating distractions thing, I also find that keeping a to-do list really helps me stay focused. Yeah, definitely. Because then you know that the tasks you're working on are ones that you've set yourself to work on. Yeah. And, and it also helps for motivation as well. So I do two hours of side project personal work in the morning before work. And I know you do the same, Charlie. Yes, I do. And so if I finished a task and I'll see, oh, I've got 10 more minutes till I have to start work. Okay. I can either just sort of browse Facebook or let, let me just take a quick look at my to-do list and see if, see if there's something that I could quickly do in this time. Oh, I need to create a image for my next blog post. Okay. I'll quickly mock that up then. Yeah, that's good. So that is another way to kind of keep me like keep the pace going and helps with both motivation and staying focused because, you know, then I'm, I'm not ending up on Facebook because I can see my list of things that I have to get done and it encourages me to do them. That ties into a tip that Raphael shared from our tweet that says, a tip I have for motivation is to focus on a goal and break the path to it into smaller waypoints. And I think that having some smaller tasks on your to-do list to fill in those, like you said, little 10-minute breaks in time is really useful. So it's important to break your goals down and break your tasks down into the smallest possible points so that you can have things to tick off and have things to, you know, fit in whenever you can. Yeah, because if you just have one big goal or or one huge task, it's going to be really difficult to focus on that because you're not going to know where to start or what you should be prioritizing. So breaking it down, I think, is a really great way to get started. Do you think motivation is something that has to come naturally or is do you think there are ways that you can force yourself to be motivated? Because I know we talked earlier about motivation coming from within yourself and from having a desire to, you know, achieve something and be proud of yourself. What if you don't have that? And if you just vaguely have an idea for a project you want to work on, but you're not the type of person who has had a lot of side projects, because I think that when you have a lot of side projects, the more and more you do, the more motivated you get with them because you get into this habit of, you know, working on things that are not things you're being paid for. But when you're first starting out, how do you think you find that motivation? So I don't think motivation is something that you can force yourself, 
which is kind of what you mentioned at the start. Yeah. But I do definitely think that motivation is something that you can train. So I think you can train yourself to become motivated. So if you're just starting out, maybe you have never done a side project before or you're thinking of starting a blog or, you know, expanding out a little bit and start building your own personal brand, then if if you're not a naturally motivated person, then I would just encourage you to maybe talk to someone who could be a mentor to you or could sort of help guide you along, someone that you can kind of look up to and check in with now and then. And they're probably going to inspire you a lot and keep you motivated. But if you're not naturally a motivated person, then I would also recommend reading a couple of, there's some really great books on motivation I cannot remember the names of them, but I will look them up and we'll link them in the show notes. But it sounds good. If you're looking to read a little bit more about sort of the psychology behind motivation and success, then, you know, maybe doing some light reading could actually spark something in you that you hadn't realized before and could set you on the right path. I would say also, like you said about finding a mentor, if that's not possible to find someone, you know, to check in with all the time, even just following people who you find inspiring on social media. And following their work is inspiring. Like I find watching Casey Neistat's videos super inspiring. Seeing how much he packs into a day makes me feel like I can do this too, you know? And if he can do it and, you know, also have a family, then surely I can I can do this, you know? Yeah. I My advice would be set yourself a goal, put a deadline on that goal and just, you know, do it for yourself. And I think we've touched on this in the past is that it doesn't have to be public. You know, you don't have to share it with the world. You can just do it for yourself privately. So set yourself a goal and a time limit or or a deadline because, you know, a year might seem like a really long time at the moment, but in a year's time from right now, it's going to seem like it went by so fast. So time is only going to feel like it's getting faster and faster and you're never going to get more energy the older you get. So the energy that you have right now and the quote unquote slowness that time feels right now, like that's your best advantage. You should just try and like do as much as you can do with the energy that you have and the time that you have right now, because you're going to look back in five years and either be really, really proud of yourself for what you achieved and and you'll be able to sort of live off the benefits or, or reap the benefits or you're going to be thinking, man, I had so much time back then. I had so much energy. Why didn't I do more? Like, I should have started this ages ago. That is so good, Femme. I love that. And I hope that's going to really inspire some people who are <laughs> listening to this to get started on a project that they've been thinking about in their minds, you know. I think just start small. Just yeah. pick the tiniest little thing you can do to start this thing. If you've been wanting to start a blog, just like register for the domain name. Yeah. Like simple task, then you're going to own it. It's going to be yours. It's going to feel like it's real, you know? Totally. So if you are a person who is not naturally a motivated person and you're feeling unmotivated, hopefully what I just said gives you a bit of a kick to, you know, start something new. And hopefully this episode has helped you come up with some ways that you might want to try out to feel a bit more focused on your work and avoid the distractions that you know we all face. Yeah, because we all face them. I mean, we're not perfect. I'm sure even Casey Neistat doesn't feel like editing his vlog every day or gets distracted by the hundreds of tweets he probably gets. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) 
Right, I think that we should wrap this up here. I hope you found this episode useful. It's been really interesting to talk about, actually, and I think I've learnt some tips from you, Fem, and from our listeners, which is really cool. If you've got any more tips on focus and avoiding distractions that you want to share with us, please, we'd love to hear them. Please tweet them to us at designlife.fm. And you can also go to designlife.fm, which is our website. And from there, you'll see all of our episodes as well as the show notes. And you can listen to it on there as well if that's more your style. We'd also love it if you checked us out on iTunes where you can leave us a review or a rating. This really helps us get the show out there and we're super grateful for all the people who have already left us a rating and review. It really means a lot to us. I thought I'd just quickly read out this review that we got from Brent who left this super, super nice review. Charlie and Femke are a breath of fresh air in the noisy market of design podcasts. They aren't here to flex their design muscles. Rather, they're sharing their experiences and growing as designers alongside their audience. I find this is what sets their podcast apart from the rest and why it's so enjoyable. You can relate to their past experiences, their failures and their aspirations. It's very conversational, to the point where I just want to jump into the conversation too at times. Give the Design Life podcast a listen. You won't regret it. So nice. That's like the nicest review. I almost cried when I read it. It was so sweet. (laughs) Thank you, Brent. That's everything we want our show to be. Like, we want it to be super relatable. Like, I think this episode in particular, you know, we've been sharing what we struggle with. We want Mm -hmm. you to know that, you know, what you go through, that not everyone is a super focused, highly motivated designer who's like achieving great things. You know, we're all struggling with the same things. And I think that's important to talk about. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brent. So please go head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Don't worry, we won't expect you to write something quite so poetic as Brent, but anything you have to share would be amazing. We definitely want to receive all of the feedback that we can to make this show as enjoyable as possible for you guys. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.